0: So we said last week, the first thing that we we recognize, that we must recognize, that's meaningful about Christmas, that makes it meaningful, is that Christmas is a miracle. And like Aaron was saying, and this is what I hope continues to happen, these things should begin to resonate, become an echo in our hearts throughout the season. It had to be, I mean, I, it was Monday and Tuesday in my own prayer time that I kept thinking, oh man, I should have said that. Oh man, I didn't even, look at that. Can every And I just kept thinking about the miraculous nature of, of Christmas and how Christmas really should bring or prompt in all of us an awareness of and an expectation for miracles, that that this season should stir in us a readiness to believe for and to pray for miracles. Now we're going to we're going to rehearse and carry with us all of the all of these topics as we move forward. So in light of the fact that Christmas is a miracle, we also want to emphasize this this morning. Christmas is meaningful because God is with us. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Let's walk through this until verse 23, and then we'll take a moment and reflect upon its significance, and then we'll gather around the table of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus... Christ or Jesus the Messiah was as follows time out now yeah already now I can never promise that I'm going to finish a sentence the Bible's too good but it would be fine this almost sounds like Matthew could have begun the whole book of Matthew right there right Now the birth, here it is, now here's the birth of Jesus. Well, thank you very much. That makes perfect sense. That's how Mark begins his gospel, right? The beginning of the good news of Jesus, just boom. Mark just is a rapid fire sniper, okay? Uh, but, But this is not how Matthew begins. Instead, there are 17 verses before this that if you were totally honest, many of you skip. Because it just tells you who everybody's daddy is. Right, Jesus and his dad and his dad and his dad and everybody's and big at and all that. Uh We've talked before about the, about the significance of that, of that lineage. We've talked before about who is in there and what it means to us. We've talked before about how Matthew is telling us that God is a God of planning and history and redemption and, and uh, the people that are involved and the, the ladies that are Gentile, pagan ladies that were grafted into the line of Messiah, God's redemptive work, all kinds of, there's been a lot of good preaching in the first 17 verses. I shouldn't have said that. That sounds like I'm talking about me. But I'm saying there, there is a lot of good to preach about in the first 17 verses. But now we have 17, and, and, and the way, if you, that, the way that, this is, that it reads, if we read it in English, and if we read it like it's the back of a mayonnaise jar, which we should never do with a word, then it can just sound pretty bland. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. Womp, womp, womp. First of all, never read your Bible like it's the back of a mayonnaise jar. Secondly, the 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 way that the Greek uh, actually presents verse eighteen has a little bit of a different flair, and and I wouldn't try to read it in Greek if I were you. It's because it's it's Greek, uh, but uh, but the the emphasis actually presents that it here's the way that it it might should feel. The first seventeen verses describe what are the the normal progression of people and their descendants. And the idea is that there's although they are called, although it's divinely orchestrated, all of those good things. But we get to verse eighteen and it should sound like this. Now the birth of Jesus came about a little differently than everybody else that that's the way that's the syntax even the syntax of the sentences all of these people born there's there's there but now jesus was born differently this is how his birth came about it's a miracle yeah. now the birth of jesus is as follows when his mother mary had been betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found to be pregnant by the holy spirit Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. We will talk about people next week and how important, and how, well, I won't even tell you about it, but I'll just let you know, we're going to talk more in, we're going to talk more specifically about the people that are involved in this story, but I got to stop and just recognize for a minute that this is incredible. What Matthew is telling us is that Joseph hears this message that his betrothed is pregnant and it's easy for you and I in hindsight to go, well, of course, I mean, after all, it was, she said it was by the Holy Spirit. And he must have said, well, of course it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite possible that initially and apparently Joseph wasn't too sure. But in, and, 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 and lawfully, rightfully, he could have exposed her, shamed her, and it could have been gone really bad for Mary. But he plans to do the right thing, or do a good thing, rather, and, 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 and take care of this quietly to protect her dignity. But when he had thought this over, behold. Everybody say behold. Now, see, here's the deal. We, we, I didn't really talk about this too much in the book of Matthew as we went through it the first time, and we won't go through it again. But uh, 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 this is the one of the words that Matthew likes. He likes the word behold. He, it's, it's, it's Matthew's equivalent of saying ta-da. Uh, he likes the word behold, just like Matthew likes the word immediate. I mean, Mark likes the word immediately. Mark loves to tell us things happen fast. He's an action hero. He's too much Mountain Dew, right? Uh, but Matthew likes to say ta-da. And so here's what he says, and ta-da, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. I probably will revisit this next week, but first of all, are you keeping track of how angels talk to people and what they say and, 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 and when, because of the gospel? So the first thing he says is Joseph, son of David. Was David his dad? No. What's he talking about here? He's reminding Joseph of his destiny, of his calling, of his lineage. Joseph, you are more than this. You are a part of something bigger than you have imagined. You are a part of something that God has put in place for generations. You are a part of God's plan for the Messiah. For him to hear, son of David, he that that rings. You are a part of God's messianic plan to save the earth, wow. and this is what God does to us when He's calls when He calls us to action, when He calls us to courage, when He calls us to obey. He reminds us that we are a part of something bigger than us. Yes. Yeah. Joseph, son of David, son of David. I mean, what an honor, son of David, the son of that giant killer. I've got a, I've got a I've got a battlefield for you. It's going to be different, Joseph. I'll I'll talk about that next week. Joseph, son of David, here it is. Do not be afraid. Say it out loud. Should count how many times angels tell people that in the gospels. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, which is the the English uh, transliteration of the Greek, which is the transliteration of the Hebrew Joshua, Yahweh saves, Yahweh helps. Mm -hmm. You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Merry Christmas. Yeah. He will save his people from their sins. He, you will call him Yahweh saves, Yahweh helps because Yahweh is going to do it through him yeah. because he is going to be the one that will save and deliver us from uh, from that which has been our demise, our destruction from the garden. That he, he is the son. As he said in Luke 19.10, the son of man came to seek and to save, to restore all that was lost. Now, we got to feel the weight of that to hear Matthew's commentary he will save he you call him Jesus he will save his people from their sins this is what he's going to do this is he is describing god's saving activity for his people Amen. i know i know you think well we got it, dab no i want you just to feel the weight of that so the 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 context here is he is describing God's saving activity. God is going to save his people, right? Yes. Now, all this took place, everything he just said, all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Here's, here's Isaiah. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, he is referring to or quoting the book of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore, the the Lord himself will give you a sign. Everybody say a sign. sign. So here's the deal Emmanuel, well, I'll keep reading. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. So the birth, the, the, the virgin conceiving and giving birth and naming him Emmanuel is a sign, it signifies something. It signifies. What is significant then about Emmanuel? What is what is the significance? What's the meaning here? Why is this so meaningful that his name, what's going on? What does it mean to us that his name is Emmanuel? Now, traditionally and rightfully, where's the first thing that we usually think of? And it's true. We usually decide, let's go to the next one. Usually we say that this is meaningful, that God with us, we usually read that and we should as God with us. We're talking about the deity of Jesus. I want to make sure that we camp on that because I'm about to change the subject just a little bit, but I don't want anyone to think that I'm not emphasizing this. This is God with us, not just a special person with us, not a prophet with us, not a saint with us, not a really neat person with us, God with us. So those three words, are. depending on how you emphasize them, tells us the significance. God with us. Ooh, this is God. But we don't require, we don't, this verse doesn't, we don't require this passage alone to support the doctrine of the divinity of Jesus Christ. There is a whole lot of Bible that tells us, that affirms the deity of Jesus Christ. There's actually a little bit more to this. We, you can read this as God with us, but I want to suggest to you today that the possibility, and it's, it, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not an absolute, but if we, if we leave it there, oh, Jesus is God. And that, so he was, he was, Emmanuel means he was God and God was with us. There it is. Was. I, I know. But the problem or the possibility is to say if all that Emmanuel means is the deity of Jesus, then it would be almost too easy to just say, Well, but Jesus was God and 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 he was with us and but then he 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 died and rose again and he ascended. So was, he's two thousand years ago was Emmanuel, but we I could sure use him now. So the emphasis is not only the divinity of Jesus. We need to read it differently, and we we need to you need to read it as the as as Isaiah said it, and as the and as the readers, Matthew's readers, his Jewish audience would have. How did they hear this sign, and what does what does it mean to his a Jewish audience to hear God with us? Oh, it's exciting. It means more than Jesus is God. He is God. God is with us. But it means this. Try to hear the nuance. God is with us. It means God is with us. It doesn't just mean the deity or the divinity of Jesus. It's talking about the the disposition of heaven. It means God is inclined toward us. How do you know? Emmanuel, how do you know? How do we know that God has turned His face toward us? How do we know that today is the day of salvation? How do we know that now is the time of God's favor? How do we know? Emmanuel, it's the sign. There was a sign that stands for eternity that God has inclined His heart and His face toward you and I to save us. We know it for certain because Emmanuel. God with us means God is on our side. God with us means that God is only not, He's only not distant from us. He's not against us. Yes. To God, for God to be with us means that God is, and on our, is on our side, that He is empowering us with His presence and His favor. He is empowering us, to live according to his will and to accomplish his will in our lives. He's with us. All right. I feel like there's some of us that have got it, but we need to wrestle with this a little bit more. Let's, let's, talk a little, let's, let's just develop a little bit of a theology of with. With. Dab, are you going to talk about with? Yeah. We're talking about with. I want us to hear God is with us. Oh, say it again, God is with us. I want us to hear that as close as we can as the original audience would have heard, and the kind of thrill that it would be to their hearts. God is with us. Again, it beginning with a the the, the, the the text of reference is 714 the Lord himself will give you a sign and, this, and the sign is this that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son she'll name him Emmanuel that in, in, in Isaiah 7 there that, that there's a larger context there that keeps talking about this idea of, of Emmanuel and God with us it's not the only time that it's said it continues in chapter 8 it actually is in verse 8 it, uh, he says it again. He says Emmanuel, and then exp- and then explains what the significance of Emmanuel means in eight, nine, and in nine and ten. Here's what it says in Isaiah nine and ten. Listen. Of course, we know that the prophets have, are spending time, there warning the people of God to, to repent and to obey, and if they don't, there's going to be consequences. But, but there's always this reminder of God's faithfulness, of what God will do, and, 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 and God's favor when, when God is inclined toward them. And, that's the, and we're going to read that. That's the rhythm of 9 and 10. Listen to this. Be broken, you peoples. He's, he's talking about those that, are, would be, that would organize against the people of God. Be broken, you peoples, and be shattered. And listen, all remote places of the earth. If you can hear Isaiah say, bring it. That's what's <laughs> happening here. Okay. And listen, all remote pit places of the earth. Get ready. Do the best you can, yet be shattered. He says it again. Get ready, yet be shattered. Devise a plan, but it will fail. State a proposal. It will not stand. For God is with us, yes. Yes. and this is the this is what Emmanuel means. God is with us. Later on in Isaiah forty-one, he, we we celebrate the prophet celebrates this again through this this word 41.10 says, "Do not fear, for I am with you." If God is with us, that means do not fear. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am your God. What does it mean that God is with us? I will strengthen you. I will also help you. God is with us. I want you to hear that. God is with us. It means more than Jesus is divine. It means God is with us. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's go back even further. Let's just go take a, like a, we'll look at the, a biblical theology. Let's just take a, just a quick survey of how the, the Old Testament readers would have been familiar with the idea of, what does it mean that God is with us? What does it look like? Who is he with? What does it look like? It won't take long. We could, it could be long, but we won't take that long. Go to Genesis chapter 21 and verse 22. Here a verse that sounds like this. Now it came about at that time that Abimelech and Phichol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham saying, God is with you in all that you do. What he was recognizing is this pagan king was looking at the life of Abraham and looking how Abraham was succeeding and prospering and all that he was doing. And and he was looking at that and he said uh, he recognized that the only solution, the only answer for what was going on in Abraham's life is that God was with him, that he was causing, he was working for Abraham's good in all of these situations. Abraham, the father of our faith, is someone who was... Recon- God was with him. In Genesis chapter 26 and verse 24, we hear these words again from the Lord. Do not fear, for I am with you. Who is he talking to now? Isaac. Right. So he was with Abraham. He was with Isaac. He was with Abraham to prosper. him. tells Isaac the same thing. Don't fear, I'm with you. Listen to 28 2815. The Lord speaks again, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Time out. Don't you think? Do you ever think just for a moment, do you give yourself permission to go, ooh, I wish I wish he'd said that to me. <laughs> but this is the sign he has. That's the significance of Emmanuel. He has said it forever. We're not done. Behold, I am with you and will keep you forever. Oh, I'll keep you. You're a keeper. I will keep you. Where, oh, sorry. Wherever you go and, and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. I know whom I have believed. And God is faithful (laughs) to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. And he who began a good work will be faithful to continue to complete that work until the day. God says, I am with you wherever you go, and I will not stop until I have completed what I've promised. Oh, is that true for me? Emmanuel. It absolutely is. Yeah. But Aaron, like Aaron says, what if I wander off? Emmanuel, you're not Emmanuel, he is. You're not the sign. Oh, there's more. We got Abraham, we got Isaac. Now, who's he talking to in 28? Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I am with you. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He named himself that. He named. He's the God of I am with you. Well, what if it's, what? What happens after them? Genesis, Genesis thirty nine twenty three, and the Lord was with him. Who? Joseph. And the Lord was with him, and the Lord made whatever he did prosper. Be careful now, Dad. You're starting to sound like one of them prosperity preachers. Yeah. Only because the Bible is. Yes. 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 Don't blame me. Blame the Bible. Deuteronomy 31, now here's Moses at the end of his ministry talking to the people of Israel, frustrated as he was. But here he is, 30, Deuteronomy 31, 6. Here's what Moses says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or in dread of them or anything else. For Why? Why should you be strong and courageous? Why should you not be afraid? Why should you not have dread? Why? For the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. Yes. Here it is again. He will not desert you or abandon you. He is not interested in leaving. He's not a deadbeat dad looking to beat feet and he at oh, the first opportunity. Verse eight. And the Lord is the one who is going ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Picks up Joshua chapter 1 now. The Lord's now talking to Joshi. Oh, Joshi boy, the Lord's talking to him. And he says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, No one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life. I'm going to make you invincible. (laughs) What? I'm going to have superpowers? No, because here's the deal. Just as I have been, here it is, with Moses, I will be with you. I will, oh my goodness, it's like God's repeating himself. I will not desert you or abandon you. There will never come a time when you need to look up and wonder where God went. How do you know? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Say out loud, Emmanuel. God is with us. Verse 9 Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or be dismayed. That's how people act when they don't think God is with them. Why? For the Lord your God is with you. I wish you'd say it that way when you read it out loud. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's boring in a mayonnaise jar. For the Lord your God is with you. Whoa. Judges chapter 2, we switch to Judges, and Judges is a horrible drama, nightmare, tragic story. The whole thing is just horrible. But, but, Even in the midst of it, the Lord is faithful. And the book book opens up in the first two chapters to kind of introduce what's going to happen. And and as the book of Judges explains to us what happens, that the people of God, of course, they rebel and they do all kinds of silly things. But even in the midst of it, the Lord keeps raising up uh, judges to save them. But here's what he says. When the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and saved them from the hand of their enemies. For God, when God is with us, again, it indicates, it signifies, it communicates to us that God is, God is acting in our, in our life. His saving activity is at work. 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 14. David was successful in all his ways, for the Lord was with him. For the Lord was with him. Yes. 2 Kings chapter 18 and verse 7. King of Judah named Hezekiah. And the narrator says, And the Lord was with him wherever he went. He was successful. It is difficult or perhaps impossible to overstate how significant, how incredible, how too good to be true, the idea of God being with us. But the truth is, Merry Christmas. God is with us. In Christ, God is inclined toward you. Because of Jesus, Heaven is disposed toward you. God is working toward with you and for your good. (sighs) Christmas is meaningful because God is with us. And that's why Jesus could say with such confidence, and we need to understand what did he mean when he said, and behold, (laughs) I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that's why Paul later, when he reflects on all of this, if you're scrolling along on the PowerPoint, I've already done one, two, three, Matthew twenty-eight, twenty. There we go. Now we'll go to Romans chapter twenty-eight, eight, chapter, and verse twenty-eight. If you went to Romans twenty-eight, you'd be turning a long time. <laughs> Romans eight. Here's here's Paul reflecting now, and and he's as he's this comes to the high water mark of. God's saving activity as he reflects upon it. And he says, Then we know that God causes, what does it mean that God is with us? And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. For those who he foreknew... Now, again, don't read this like a scientist or a a mayonnaise jar. Read this like... Because people will say, Oh, Paul, he wrote this great theological essay. Yeah, probably. But I want you to hear this as a guy so excited about what God has done for us that that he can't hardly keep one sentence from overlapping the other. You ready? Try to read it like this. For those God foreknew... He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And these he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those who justified, he also glorified. Read the Bible like that. (laughs) Some of you I know, in your house, you're going to make fun of me. And how you read the Bible and I say, ho, 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 that's okay. Okay. Verse 31, here's the crux. Here's the the axis. Are you ready? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? We can't lose. Emmanuel, Merry Christmas. God is with us. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered us over him over for us for all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, but rather was raised, who, at the, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. In other words, God's not going to condemn you. Jesus Christ is interceding for you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation? You're doing a good job. Will tribulation? No. Trouble? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Danger? No. Swords? No. no. Elections? No. We got more. I'm not saying anything else. Just know I'm picking it. So are you. But in all these things, not most of them, not, there's nothing, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer <laughs> through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is that? Because He is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is present. He is on our side. And He is empowering us. He is working for our good. He is keeping us. He is keeping His Word. He's never abandoning us. He's going to finish this thing, and He's going to empower us to live according to His will and to accomplish it all the days of our life. Merry Christmas. God is with us. Now I pray that this will echo in our soul. There's perhaps no more significant way for us to recognize and give thanks uh, for Emmanuel than to gather around the table of the Lord together. Listen to this verse again that Paul says he He extrapolates the logic of Emmanuel. Are you ready? Romans 8, 32. Well, let's read 31 and 32 because they're just awesome. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Jeremy Young. I would love some... uh, Thank you. And here's this. He who did not spare His own Son. He who did not hold back, withhold from us His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all, how will He not with Him freely give us all things? And oh, precious
1: is the flow that...
0: his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins on the night that Jesus was betrayed he took bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is broken for you he took upon himself all of our brokenness all of our infirmity He took upon himself the punishment, the chastisement. He took it upon himself and gave us, he gave us his perfect body, his glorious presence. He took our death and gave us his life. Jesus said, Take this, eat this in remembrance of me. Paul said, When we do this, we proclaim his death until he comes. Let's take this together. And after supper, in like manner, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The gospels say that this is a it was a cup that will be poured out as a ransom for many for the forgiveness of sin. This cup is the new covenant God's commitment, God's eternal promise to be with us forever. This cup of forgiveness, this cup of freedom, this cup of cleansing, this cup of deliverance. God is with us. Let's receive it together. If you have not followed the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism, you can do that today. We even have a change of clothes for you if you aren't ready. All you need to do is find your way over to where Jeremy is going here in the next few minutes, and we'll help you follow Jesus in that way. But let's stand together, shall we, and sing that chorus again. Oh, precious. precious it's time.